Glory to Jesus Christ and good morning. Welcome to Martirio. I'm your host, Brett McCaw. I'm here with Father Jason Sharon, our co-founder and uh, host as well to the podcast this morning. Once again, we are uh, your Byzantine Catholic commentary on faith and culture and current events. Uh, and of course, in light of our name, uh, as our namesake um, implies, Martirio giving testimony to the truth, the word made flesh, just as St. John the Forerunner in the first chapter of John did to Christ, who is the word made flesh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So that's what we're trying to do uh, today and throughout the production of our podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning. It is June the 28th, early in the morning, a beautiful morning here in western Pennsylvania. Father, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm filled with histamine. I got all kinds of allergies just uh, bombarding me left and right like Russian rockets. But uh, that's, uh, that's, part of, uh, that's part of life for, for many Americans. And uh, uh, it's funny when you go to Ukraine and, um, you know, some of these countries that are not as, in, in, you know, their, their food uh, sector is not as, as developed as it is here in the West. Um, you just don't see the same scale of, of, of allergies uh, among the population. Um, you meet people, obviously, who have allergies, but just nothing like uh, like here. Um, so I, I think it has something to do uh, with with what we're eating. Something mm. something's I don't I don't know what it is, but I know that there is uh, definitely a, a difference. And uh, you know they, they breathe the same air we breathe, but um, um, the, the the food is is different, and um, maybe it maybe it's it's just the um, uh, you know the wholesome diet that that they eat. I don't know, but uh, I'll I'll believe anything so long as it gets rid of my my uh, my allergies. So <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. You were actually uh, out in the uh, the parking lot outside of our makeshift studio here in the sacristy, uh, kind of getting some preludes, sneezing preludes going. So I, you know, and I think you're right. Um, when I lived in Europe for a couple of years, I, I didn't notice in you know same way. We lived in the same general area of the of, of Eastern Europe in Ukraine. Uh, I didn't notice even going out into the countryside. And that part of Ukraine is very rural. That you know, good old fashioned hay fever was a thing. Really, I didn't oh, yeah. really notice that people had. An issue, right? Well, you know, it was. I was the object of a peculiar study and observation in this r remote village in Ukraine back around 1999. I was um, visiting my my girlfriend, now my wife. I was visiting her her grandmother, mm -hmm. and um, she had a large parcel of land in the in the village in which she grew and grew her her vegetables and had her gardens and chickens and and be and rabbits and whatnot. And uh, I volunteered to uh, bring in the hay, you mm. know, and uh, it almost killed me. I mean, my literally, my I, I'd never actually gathered hay in a field before, and now I know why they call it hay fever. And I just I could not breathe. I had such a horrible reaction to it. And she, she and the neighbors were looking at me like, who, what, what kind of disease is this that a man? Slabok. <laughs> yeah, the man goes out in the field 
and turns blue and is gasping for breath around hay. Um, but that's that's not unusual for you know those of us who have hay fever. But uh, uh, it just to your point is that it, it's 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 not considered uh, commonplace in in you know rural Ukraine or rural um, you know Romania and things like that. It, places like that. It's uh, um, so anyhow. That's that's how my day is, and uh, I'm sure I share that with with many listeners. I think in one of our podcasts, I think you sneezed in uh, cooperation with the church bells. So maybe <laughs> maybe we can arrange that again, you know. Yeah. So uh, no. So on that point, you kind of uh, teased out a bit of uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, as I said, I dated the show at the beginning. Uh, it is Tuesday, the 28th of June, year of our Lord, 2022. Uh we, I think me saying this has gotten old because I say it every podcast, but we we are in some uh, some historic times, brother, uh, in the world, but also certainly in the wake of what just happened in this country uh, with the long-awaited uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade on Friday. On the feast of the Nativity of John the Forerunner, right? And for the Latins, the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus this year. So there's a lot of significance there. However, uh, I hate to disappoint. We're not going to talk about that today. Uh, that is going to be the topic uh, for a later show, probably later this week. Um, because I think what I'd like to do is give this a week to set in into uh, you know the American psyche um, you know let, let, let the uh, let the legion uh, have its response right well the, the the two issues are not unrelated and what we're looking at really is is the, the right to life um, that's right. and the what we are are uh, also noticing is that in, in both situations for this right to, to live um, whether it's here in the United States uh, for life in the womb or whether it's it's life in Ukraine outside of the womb right now with the war in Russia with from with Russia and the life of a culture and a people too. yes right um, it's it's simply uh, that fundamental right and uh, in, in both cases the, the the politicized extremes in our country have gotten both issues wrong in one sense uh, you know whether it's uh, here with the the um, uh, the left who believes that life you know the right to life doesn't apply here you know but all of a sudden it does apply in Ukraine and we need to defend them well okay uh, you're right about that in the second part of the proposition but the first part of it you're wrong and the same as with with the issue of the conservatives here in the United States is that you know the, the right to life uh, it applies here they're right about that but but all of a sudden they're not so eager about applying that to Ukraine you know, um, so they're right about the first part of the proposition. The second part, they're wrong. We're, we're simply stating that why can it not be both? That the right to life applies here, and it applies in Ukraine. Um, and this is this is what we're seeing: is that these people have that same right to uh, to defend their life from uh, outward aggression. It's not uh, the the scalpel of an abortionist but it is uh, the bomb of a madman. And uh, uh, we're, our, our position, my position, I think is the consistent one, uh, that both are uh, goods in need of defense. 
Absolutely, right? And the, 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 the problem, especially within the context of Christian morality, is um, if, if Ukraine uh, somehow is, I guess, in the wrong in this conflict, and of course, um, you know, there's always an admittance of, uh, you know, the, 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 the agnosticism given the, you know, the complexities of a situation, political or otherwise, uh, the fog of war, as we often put it. Um, there is a fog of war, right? right? But it has to deal with, for the most part, real particular details that we just don't have yeah. the ability where to Where are the Russian them. troops exactly in Lysychansk? Exactly. And, and where, where's the... How far have they pushed <clears throat> beyond the Syri Donetsk River right. or something like that? Right. But, I mean, the in this of, case, we, we have enough data to, to, to make a, a moral judgment here. And if, if, for whatever reason, from a conservative Christian perspective, Ukraine is not in the right... It really begs the question right now as to whether a, a, a particular sovereign nation has a right to defend itself against aggression. I, the, the problem is that if you, if you get this question wrong, your, your whole morality of warfare, right, of, of defense really falls on its head. I, I don't know how you would even have a system. Right. And then this is a textbook case. If, if you cannot of just war from the Ukrainian perspective, and if, if you cannot uh, get behind Ukraine at this time, then you uh, in the future going forward have no justification for any type of, 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 of war. Right. This is the most, um, from the perspective of moral theology, this uh, fulfills every checkbox for going into war and for it to be just. Now, from the flip side, Russia's perspective, this is a, a textbook case of, a, of an unjust war. It's unprovoked, unnecessary, and uh, it's, it's the scale that they're using for their grievances, some of which are, uh, you know, we could talk about some of those grievances, but the, 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 the response is completely beyond scale and unjustified. And if, if uh, you know, our fellow believers here in the United States uh, and, and people who are cut from the same political cloth as you and I, if, if they cannot uh, see the moral justification for uh, Ukraine's defense of her borders and her right to life uh, and liberty, then uh, I don't see how they're going to be able to celebrate the 4th of July because this is the very thing that this country celebrates annually on that day. And these are simply... Well, this is more than that. This is, I mean, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, As is, an American, yeah, I'll celebrate it too. But this is far, far more than that. Yes, it is. I mean, it in is. the words of Den Dennis Miller, right, who actually is a native down the street of um, uh, Shannon, uh, Castle Shannon, mm -hmm. uh, Pittsburgh. So he's a Pittsburgher as well. Uh, you know, the original American colonists, I mean, they... they, they Got up in arms over their over over taxation of their favorite bre breakfast beverage, right? <laughs> you know, um, and and of course, you know, there's something significant to taxation with that representation and the abuses that came with that. But but this is this is beyond that, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know?
absolutely. Um, but th this this is in um, stark depiction, an, an illustration of those very ideals upon which our country uh, is founded. You know, it's to be, it's not just, it's first of all, it's freedom from, you know, to be free from tyranny, you know, uh, and, and uh, King George's tyranny, as you just pointed out, is, is far less than the tyranny of, of a Vladimir Putin. I mean, he wasn't dropping, uh, initially he wasn't dropping armaments against uh, the people here. It was, uh, much like Putin is, it was simply an issue of, of uh, unjust taxation. Uh, but what these people strive for, when I was, uh, I've just returned from my second visit to Ukraine uh, about 10 days ago, uh, two weeks ago rather, and this is the, the thread that goes through most conversations, is the desire to have freedom, to, to make a choice as a nation uh, as to what its future will be. And they want to make that choice without external coercion from their uh, erstwhile overlord in, in Moscow. Uh, they want to live. They want to be able to raise children without the threat of you know, murderous missiles going through residential buildings. Um, and uh, they've discovered a great love for the second, what we here call the Second Amendment, is uh, uh, you will never, ever again have uh, Ukraine unarmed. Uh, this is uh, um, through arms that they've seen that uh, they have a measure of freedom that uh, uh, otherwise they, they would not have. Which is an interesting, uh, an interesting thing, I think. And I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this, but especially with the almost universal armament now of civilians, the civilian population in the country, um, I think you've got kind of a, an, an antidote to sort of the, the deeps, I, and I think a lot of it had to do with the Soviet experience of sort of the f fatalistic powerlessness of the individual versus the state, you know. Now, in this case, everybody's fighting with the state to defend its sovereignty against the the, the, the Russian aggressor. Um, but but even still, you know, prior to this, I mean, you know, the post-independent Ukrainian state, let's be honest, left, left a lot to be desired, right? right? I mean, this is why you had the Orange Revolution and then also... Uh, the the revolution of dignity, well. yeah. You know, and yet, yes, I'm sure the CIA was probably, you know, working with that, but I'm, I'm sorry, like, you don't bring out the whole country. The CIA, even as crafty and as shrewd as they are, can't bring out the entire, you know, country east and west right. to Kiev to uh, camp out, you know, in, in the midst of, of January. I, I was there. I saw it. So, um, anyway, that's an aside. But I think there is something really unique in a civic sense that, you know, they, they now have this, this right, which is really anomalous for the rest of Europe, by the way. But it, I think it pushes against this, this very, very long, deep, entrenched sensibility of like, hey, I, I'm nothing against the state. I, you know, whatever the government says, I, yeah, I have to fall in line, you know, the breadline mentality, you know? Yeah, that's, that's very, that's very true. That's very true. Um, if I could just bring up one point, um, you know, as I was over there, um, you know, meeting with people of different, different, uh, 
you know, strata of society, um, different experiences. Um, uh, you know, I began to think of, upon, you know, the standard that we use, uh, you know, to judge the rightness of actions. Um, uh, and, and here, I was trying to com compare um, the, the, the positions of people here regarding Ukraine. Um, and and it, it just became so apparent that the the judgment of, of so many of my peers, and I don't want to keep you know coming back to the uh, the conservative abandonment of its principles on the issue of Ukraine, but it, it's most peculiar that for um, people who who state that their 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 moral action, their moral imperative, is based upon divine revelation and the natural law. I'm speaking about my fellow, you know, uh, conservative uh, Christians. That when it comes to this issue here in Ukraine, for example, um, that principle's been abandoned, you know. And w the principle, the standard which they, they seem to be following is simply they pause, they put their finger in the air, their wet finger, and they see which way the wind is blowing from the left, and then they go contrary-wise. Mm -hmm. And that's their standard on this on this matter of Ukraine is if the left is supporting it, then damn the torpedoes, I'm not going to, and and that's that's erroneous. If we're going to judge rightly, uh, we, we don't set as the as our moral barometer the position of our ideological foes. Mm -hmm. That's not my moral barometer. Uh, what is my standard? you know, is, is divine revelation and the natural law, what the Lord God has spoken to me through revelation and through reason. And um, uh, to and Jesus summarized it, you know, with the first two commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And and that's, that's what um, uh, helping Ukraine is. It is simply doing for others what we would want others to do for us. If if mm -hmm. if if Russia or China or you know India were to or Bangladesh were to uh, invade the United States, um, you know we would surely, if we needed the help, we would surely hope that every country in the world would stand up, condemn the immorality of their action, and aid us and abet us. Mm -hmm. um, and and what we're seeing is uh, the, the absence of that groundswell of support from our, uh, you know, uh, conservative commentariat here in the United States regarding Ukraine. They've largely uh, become quiet or, or turned away from Ukraine altogether simply because their enemies are supporting it, and therefore that means that they won't. Uh, it's, it's an erroneous pattern of judgment. We don't arrive at moral judgment simply by being contrarians to the left. We arrive at moral judgment simply by being conformists uh, to to the law of God. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think there's something more to that too. Um, completely agreed. But uh, in addition to being contrarian, I think the the knee jerk reaction. A lot of that is not, um, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of it's understandable because I would be in the same boat too. But oftentimes, um, what happens in situations like this that come to the forefront, 
right, in global politics. Uh, particular circumstances and situations like the Ukraine-Russia war, which have deep roots, they have uh, a, an enormous amount of historical baggage to them. And in historical baggage, by the way, that is not um, not easy even for someone who studies it to navigate, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, even 20th century history of this particular region right, is, right. is just fraught with yep. um, a lot of moving parts, right? Not to mention the fact that, like, this just this part of the world is just something that is not integrated into the American psyche, right? It's not in into the American education as well, you know? Um, and so I think what happens is because of that, um, there are particular, now especially in sort of the era of the new media, independent media, there are voices that rise to the top um, and they give their interpretation of things. And uh, I'm not at all opposed to the idea of the new media at all, alternative media, I think it's really... Uh, been a breath of fresh air, right, over the last 10 years, right? This is what we're doing, right, <laughs> is alternative media, right? The problem is, though, it depends on those voices who rise to the top, because let's be honest, I don't understand much about Ethiopia. I don't know much about the history, I know a bit, right, but not a whole lot, right? And if Ethiopia all of a sudden now commands national attention, right, all of a sudden... The United States is, uh, you know, voting on giving humanitarian, significant amounts of humanitarian and, and military aid, right? If I don't have the ordinary inclination to then all of a sudden, nor the time, right, to study about Ethiopia, right, I'm probably going to listen to someone who claims that they have, you know, some sort of inside knowledge about what's right. going on or more comprehensive knowledge whether or not they do or not is you know is up in the air is yep. uncertain i'm i'm going to give them a, a bit of uh of my time and so that that's what's happened i think yes. in ukraine yeah i mean the only thing is i i don't claim that i know a lot about a lot of stuff but i think you know in this area i think you and i probably know a little more uh yeah. Uh, than your average cat. And uh, I got to tell you, some of the, especially in the Catholic media, uh, people that I previously really liked, I think they did some good work on areas that they actually know something about. Uh, when they opine on this and they're throwing their weight into it, it's, it's demonstrably the case of how little they in fact know and I think what's most troubling in one particular case, um, the willingness to actually even deceive, mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, is quite troubling to see. It is. Um, I, I, when I was over in, in Ukraine, um, I actually wrote to, uh, just, just before I went into Ukraine, I, I wrote to uh, Rod Dreher, and um, oh, okay. he was in, in Hungary, and I said, listen. He's a big Orban fan, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I mean, I like Orban's family policies, and yeah, I, I yeah. think he's he's been uh, heroic in in um, his his pro life policies in leading uh, Hungary out of the, the the death cult that is the EU. 
Uh, so he has my complete admiration in, in that. Obviously, his position regarding Ukraine, I think, is very wrong. But, uh, um, you know, we have to understand as well that for the preceding five years that there have been, uh, you know, kind of uh, linguistic, cultural animosities between uh, the two countries, Ukraine and Hungary, right. uh, which goes back to the, you know, the redrawing of the borders uh, in, in the 40s. And um, so his, his, his grudge against Ukraine, um, it, 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 there's, there's some reasonability to it. Um, and uh, they, they, the, the two populations there were not clearly delineated when the border was drawn. And so there's, uh, you know, there are some, some you know, cultural, demographic, linguistic concerns on both sides. And uh, all of a sudden the war breaks out and the, those tensions flare up. Uh, so um, I think people on the Ukrainian side aren't aren't aware of that maybe as much as they they could be like those in the Carpathian region, and for that reason he hasn't been enthusiastic at all in supporting Ukraine. Um, in fact, it's been quite the contrary. Um, Although he did support last week to e, uh, Ukraine's EU candidacy, actually correct. Um, which that goes to another. It's actually in his interest to to have Ukraine as part of that candidacy in mm. many ways to forge. A stronger block of the Eastern Central European right. countries, right? But, but I agree with that. That's that's good. Good on him. Yeah. You know? So, but now I wrote to Rod Reher and I said, "Listen," um, and, and he's more sympathetic to Russia. Right. Uh, and uh, I said, "Listen, you need to go into the country. I'll, I'll take you in. You know, let's meet up. Uh, I'll arrange everything for you." Um, no response. But okay. so, so he, he he's speaking about these these subjects without you know, actually knowing them. And that's, to your point, uh, that is a true of a lot of the commentariat, is that they, um, you know, they're supposed to be talking heads on all these major events as they break in the news cycle every day. Mm-hmm. They have trust, they have followers who trust them. And uh, they have to, you know, produce based on that. And that means being a, an expert on everything mm-hmm. all the time, which isn't possible. And so what happens is is they simply often will uh, look at what the left is 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 saying, and then they will find uh, sources uh, to 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 tear those uh, leftist positions apart. Um, the, the the disadvantage of of being in that situation is you, you cannot possibly be uh, at the ready with in depth analysis of situations and also be an expert on the history of um, uh, Ethiopia or of Syria, uh, Syria or of Ecuador. And so they, they simply go to their trusted sources and then they, they put their spin on it and they spit it back out through the microphone. But people like you and me who are, I mean, we're not by any means, you know, um, uh, leading experts on, on Eastern European and Slavic history, but we're, we're, um, we are more, uh, conversant on these topics than your average your average person because you know this is through marriage and through church and through our experience this is what we've been these are the waters we've been swimming in for uh, in my case over two decades in your case uh, over a decade mm-hmm. so um, uh, th- this this is this is just the problem that 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 we're facing is people speaking uh, out of ignorance one of the things that I think is um, uh, I think it's a beautiful illustration that kind of gets to the point here is um, we often follow people simply because they're telling the truth, which is not a fault by any means. Um, but we, we get to a point where we go on autopilot. Mm-hmm. 
You know, like I've I've followed and listened to you know so and so for for eight years, and they're really solid. I'm going to trust what they say in this. Steve Bannon or Michael Matt or right, something. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And um, this is the trick of the devil because right. the the devil is is not so um, low and um, uh, foolish to tell us a hundred percent lies. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't do that. Um, he tells us 80, 90, sometimes 95% of what we hear is truth. Right. And he weaves, you know, into that fabric lies. But they're subtle and they're not obvious at first. Otherwise, we wouldn't, we wouldn't buy the cloth. So the lesson for us is that if the devil himself, you know, uh, speaks truth and weaves a little bit of lie into that truth then we have to be careful of the people we place our trust in, the princes of men, you know, mm-hmm. Scripture says. And whether they're of the left or of the, or of the right, uh, we have to realize that uh, they too have inaccuracies, in some cases outright lies, uh, weaved into their narrative, mm-hmm. uh, that, that God alone is, is, is just. Yeah, and just to clarify, we're not connoting that, uh, you know, Steve Bannon or Michael Matt are agents of the devil, you know. Uh, However, uh, it it is pointing to um, kind of a habit, unfortunately, that, you know, I think a lot of us fall into. I've fallen into myself, right, Um, of, you know, uh, there's so much suspicion of, the establishment legacy media apparatus, right? That, um, you know, you, you, you hear an alternative perspective and even if you're not immediately at sort of a contrarian type of, uh, inclination, right? Um, they, they, they offer a far more honest and authentic, uh, approach to one topic, Right. It's like, well, if I if I put my investment of trust on one topic, maybe dealing with domestic politics, right? Well, you know, I don't know much about this situation, right? I don't have the time to sit down and and figure what who's on the ground, who's not, and who has bona fide knowledge and who doesn't. Well, they must be right on this too, mm. right? Um, and look, like the reality is. Uh, uh, I can't speak so much for, for like a Steve Bannon. I, I listen to him often, often on, um, but you know, even, uh, someone like a Michael Matt that I think, you know, offered some fresh perspective, uh, especially during the COVID, you know, lockdown and a lot of the stuff that we were seeing, um, there's a product you have to, to sell, you know, and the product now is an overall narrative of what's going on, right? And what's it based on? Well, you know, first the media was telling us, uh, you know, about, you know, how we had to get four booster shots, right? Then, then the media is saying how, you know, how we all are, you know, guilty of, of structural racism, right, in the country after the, the George Floyd, uh, you know, George Floyd tragedy. Uh, and now they're all about Ukraine. Well, see, yeah. it's all cut of the same cloth, right? You know, it's all it's all part of the woke narrative now. And so there's 
there's something up. So, so if you're selling a contrarian product, right, you've got to, you know, as you were saying, you know, lick your finger and stick it up in the, in the wind and see which direction things go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was, when I was in Ukraine, I, I was speaking to, uh, a uh, taxi driver whose uh, whose son is is uh, in, warring on on the front. Mm-hmm. He's actually in special forces, and um, we had a, a very we had a probably an hour and a half conversation. Um, and uh, you know, I I told him that you know I I support Ukraine you know completely, and uh, um, many of us do here in, in the West. But you have to understand that when this war finishes. Uh, there, there's going to be another war because the the same people who are flying the Ukrainian flag right now in Washington mm-hmm. and New York and Baltimore and Pittsburgh and you know Vancouver and uh, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, those same people are also flying the gay pride flag. You know, so they're your friends today. But um, uh, when this passes, uh, they're they're going to expect payment, mm-hmm. and and that payment is ideological in nature. Um, and uh, don't be surprised if your friends and your alliances shift very quickly. Um, right now, it's 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 uh, people who are more left of center, uh, who are enthusiastic in their support of Ukraine, and that's true. Um, but but God willing that this war ends, um, don't be disoriented and dismayed when those alliances all of a sudden shift, when uh, you don't want your son who comes back from the front uh, to start taking estrogen pills and become a woman, you know. Um, and, and he was bewildered. He was bewildered mm-hmm. that th- this, this stuff was even happening, much less that these people are his, are his allies, you know. And uh, so they're, they're, um, uh, we're, we're very much looking at an ideological replay of World War II in which you had mm-hmm. at one point, you know, uh, Churchill is on the fighting on the same side as Joe Stalin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, against a common enemy. Um, but uh, Churchill and Stalin were by no means uh, bedfellows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that, that's what we're seeing here is, is uh, people kind of uh, coalescing around uh, Ukraine who are ideologically opposed to one another. One is trying to build a city of man, and one is trying to build a city of God. I'm trying to build a city of God. Um, and when the dust settles in this, um, you know, there's, there's going to be, uh, the next stage of this conflict. So we, we have to, uh, ready ourselves and prepare for victory, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do want to talk more on that and I'm, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Um, so let's just kind of, uh, you, you, you actually ran with, um, you know, part of this interview before I had gotten to it, which is completely fine because it worked out for what we spoke about. But um, you were in Ukraine at the beginning of the month, right? Yes. So you were for about two weeks, right? From yes. like uh, May 31st. 11 days. To, okay. Yeah. Okay. Where were you in Ukraine? I was in uh, uh, Lviv, Western Lviv. Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. Capital of Western Ukraine. Yeah. So um, Let's chat a bit about, I think before I get into my question, what's, what's the moon on the ground right now? I mean, we're in today, as of today, by the way, it's 100, day 145 of the war. Um, you know, the war that was supposed to take 72 hours to, yeah, to yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's the moon on the ground earlier this month? You know, there's a, a heaviness, a palpable heaviness. Um, 
um, a, a dread and misery, you know, that, that their best and most promising uh, citizens are dying every day. Um, it, it's like watching yourself bleed out in a field. You know, you have no tourniquet, and you just lay there, and all you can watch is your, 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 your blood dripping from you, and there's, there's no way to stop it, you know. Um, and and that that re- that mood uh, pervades uh, society. They 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 are aware that their their freedom in Western Ukraine right now uh, is being purchased at a horrible price. Um, uh, so that that's one thing. Um, I, I spoke with I visited some soldiers uh, gravely injured and uh, you know missing limbs and. Uh, they, they, I have to be honest. Like they, they, they really embodied that kind of hopelessness. They, they really, uh, you could see it in their face. I tried praying with them, talking with them, and uh, in the hospital there. And it was, um, it was a very difficult day. Um, a friend of mine was there with me, and he had to leave. Just, um, uh, they, they're really these soldiers in Ukraine as a whole are are on the cross, and it's 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 a disfigurement of of of, of a people. Um, on the other hand, uh, there's there's some um, uh, letdown, uh, resentment, uh, uh, bitterness, maybe you might even say regarding uh, the West that uh, you know so much was promised and um, the the delivery of those promises has been um, slow. Um, I mean, what more do we have to do to demonstrate to you that that we uh, are 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 operating here in good faith, and uh, still the things that we are promised uh, have not arrived. You know, you look at uh, th- uh, things promised from her allies like Germany and Canada, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the United States even for that matter. You know, mm-hmm. 300 things are promised for or delivered, um, and supply chain is is, 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 is is blamed. Okay, but still, my son's dying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you promised that if we gave up our nuclear weapons, you'd be there to defend us, and uh, that's not happening. So that that's all very grim, and it's it's um, just the the simple fact of on fact of the matter. the The other side of it is uh, uh, there's there's a, a real uh, unanimity, you know, oneness of spirit, uh, oneness of mind, across the the whole of society, uh, a oneness of mind that this is the course that we will take, we must take, and there's no other course of action. Um, and uh, I find that to, that resolve to be edifying. Um, when, when you're losing your best and your brightest, you're surrounded on all sides, you're outnumbered, you're outgunned, there's the, you know, the, the understandable temptation to say, okay, let's cut our losses and hammer out some kind of agreement. Uh, not the Ukrainians. They, they, they really see what, what this means for them. And uh, that is that unanimity is is strong, and it's it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's deep. Well, it's an existential battle right now, you know. And I think there's a sort of, you know, I've I've heard this from different interviews of Ukrainians on the ground, be they in the military or just ordinary civilians. You know, what option do we have? Mm. We don't have any option. Right. If we if we don't, you know, there is no negotiation with a genocidal maniac. And look, make no mistake, that's not a hyperbole. Right. It's not just Putin. It's 
it's the upper echelons of the, the Russian establishment. Dmitry Medvedev has come out numerous times uh, on the record and has said, quite frankly, I, I want nothing less than the entire eradication of the Ukrainian nation. You know, I, I want them rooted out, extirpated root and branch. You know, so and you, you don't get a, a a more clear and that's the Barack Obama of Russia, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't get a, a better picture painted of a, a reincarnation of Slobodan Milosevic than than that. Yeah. I mean, this is this is uh, the early '90s all over again, um, and uh, the news cycle has just kind of kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. But but this is. Uh, far, if, if these words are carried out to their logical conclusion, this is this will be far worse than the the Holodomor of 1932-33 and the Holocaust combined. Mm-hmm. It'd be far worse than that, and and we're you know we're we're talking about um, things of far lesser import. Yeah, no, it's uh, we oftentimes have to allow history's 2020 hindsight uh, do our, our, our uh, sort of moralistic judgments, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to wait until we have the, the, the 2020 hindsight looking back to then become very moralistic about how awful this was, right? Well, it's right now right in front of your face, you know. Right. At least acknowledge it, right? One thing I was thinking of when I was there is, how do I explain this situation? Because someone sent me a text, you know, I, f- I feel bad for the Ukrainian people, but the government's just so corrupt, you know, mm-hmm. and we, I just have difficulty supporting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's truth to that. Like, it, Ukraine has a, a legacy of corruption. Um, I, I guess that doesn't apply to Washington, D.C. Apparently, no, apparently right. not, you know, and we, we have no problem you know, supporting that. But... Um, th- I began to think, like, how can I explain this situation when I come back to the States? And um, what, what came to me was, because I spent a lot of time in West Virginia, I have a parish down there, what came to me was West Virginia. Um, what came to me was Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And these are states that for uh, a number of, of, of decades were, were ruled by the Democrat establishment. You think of Senator Byrd, uh, you think of, you know, Billy the Zipper Clinton, you know, and... Uh, uh, these guys came out of Arkansas and West Virginia. Well, their people are conservative. Mm-hmm. Their 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 uh, their rates of religious practice are higher than in the rest of the country. So, h- how do you reconcile that? You know, it's it's these are good people ruled by bad men, mm-hmm. uh, and I I would go to the death to defend their right to life and their right to freedom. And this is the same thing that's playing out, not at the state level, but at the at the national level in Ukraine, mm-hmm. is that this is, uh, we're speaking about a, a nation who are largely, um, especially in Western Ukraine, uh, largely a, a very religious people, perhaps the, the most religious country left in Europe, um, who, who value family. Mm-hmm. They're not flying, you know, transgender and, and homosexual flags. Um, they're not into worshiping Brussels, okay? They're not into any of that. They're into the very thing that middle America loves, you know, faith, family, farm. Traditions. You know, and uh, they're ruled by the, um, you know, for, for since, since, since independence in 91, they've been ruled by a succession of 
of men who are um, less than the calling of their office, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's peculiar that my co-religionists here are going to find that justification for not lending support to these people in in their time of need. Um, I think that that bodes very poorly for the future because when they emerge from this 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 hellish experience, um, they're going to look back on us and say, "Well, these people didn't lend us their support, mm-hmm. and we need credibility going forward, 20, 15 years from now, five years from now, heck, when they can say, "Hey, these people who share the same values as us in the United States, they supported us during our trial." Uh, I hope it's not a situation where, you know, war finishes and they look and they say, hey, the only people who supported us during this were, the, were are people who, you know, who support alternative lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And therefore, maybe we should walk down their path. Something to consider. Yeah, I think from, from our perspective, uh, uh, you know, conservatives and you know, traditionalists, right, in a broad sense, uh, both in terms of the faith, but also in terms of culture and morality. Uh, and, you know, I, we've have such strong ties to, to, to Ukraine. Um, personally, I think it would be that that would be a tremendous tragedy uh, to see, you know, um, I, I, I do think that, uh, I mean, the, the, there's part of me that thinks that this, um, this blithe desire to see Russia as a good guy perpetually sort of on this illusory level of, of, of global politics, especially with regard to fitting this whole crisis into the context of the American culture war. Mm-hmm. In seeing Russia as somehow a bastion of like conservatism in traditional morality, I, 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 I look at conservatives now that feel the need to hold on to these vain hopes um, is almost somewhat of a trap mm-hmm. that they're falling into. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I just like look. We, Already, I think there are 20,000 cases that are under review of international war crimes since the wars began, and that number is going to increase. I mean, God knows what's happening in occupied territory. I mean, we'll see when, uh, you know, Ukraine's actually making an approach on Kherson. If they liberate Kherson, you'll see that number go through the roof, right? Um, I just don't think this is something that you want to be on the record for supporting. Right, you know Tucker Carlson. Right, which he is somewhat shrewd because I think even after Bucha came out, he he then kind of backed away. Yeah. And they, oh, this is awful, but it's still you know NATO is the the main reason why we're in this conflict and so forth. But, well, it's the same line you know put out by uh, you know Pope Bergoglio, you know that this was uh, a provocation. Right, and it, it uh, Pope Francis. You are dead wrong. You don't know what you're speaking about, and you need to retract that statement today. So you're telling me he wasn't in the cathedral of the Lateran Cathedral when he said that? No, no, no. He was in his cathedral up 35,000 feet above the... 
above the earth and his Alitalia Cathedra. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny that uh, the, the uninformed have a more exalted view of the papacy than uh, the catechized Catholics, you know, <laughs> and uh, maybe that's why they're afraid of the papacy and the, and the Catholic Church is because they, they, they grant her too much power and too much sure. authority. Um, so you're right, you know, when the Pope uh, issues a decree on or makes a statement on, uh, you know, the, the situation in Ukraine, uh, his opinion is worthless. Mm-hmm. It's worthless because mm-hmm. he's not speaking with the voice of Peter. He's speaking just as any sinful man speaks. And uh, you know when he when he said what he said, he was absolutely wrong. Um, and our our patriarch within twenty four hours uh, gave a, a, a rebuttal to to his statement without naming Francis as such. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the he did what he had to do though, which is good. Yeah, you know. You know uh, but the left has a view of the papacy, and, and maybe that's why they they uh, wanted to steal it. Um, is uh, is is be, they have this view of a papacy in which he's like an oracle, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe that's because at their heart they're pagans and they long for the oracle of Delphi, Delphi to return, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Pope does not have that kind of power, and and we do not have such a supine conscience mm-hmm. as to follow the blind dictates of of uh, of such a man, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a God given conscience. And the, the authority of, 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 the, of the Bishop of Rome is simply to hand on that which he received, you know, the apostolic tradition, and to clearly teach on those things that pertain to faith and morals. And he's only infallible when uh, he, he does that and explicitly invokes, you know, uh, his, his charism of infallibility. But it, and it, it's a negative charism. It's not as though what he says is, is, is well articulated. It's not as though what he says is perfectly accurate either. Mm-hmm. All it is, it's a negative charism, which says that uh, what he has said, speaking as the head of the church, mm-hmm. as Peter, on faith and morals, is free of theological error. And that's all it is. It's a guarantee that this particular statement is free of theological error. Um, and uh, so when he's speaking about you know, Ukraine, that's out of his, uh, out of his play box. Yeah, well, and, and he's speaking is someone we, we're all shaped by our biases and our um, you know, po- political formation, our cultural formation. But um, currently, right, if you... If you if you, you know, take the, you know, have the patience and stomach to kind of read into some Russian propaganda now, um, you know, the, the continuing nuclear saber rattling, you know, uh, is, is pretty, pretty generous, right? And um, it's, it's rather notable that um, the Russians constantly refer to, you know, their number one enemy, even beyond Ukraine, are... Um, he doesn't, they don't refer to the English and, you know, the Brits and the Americans. No, it's the Anglo-Saxons, right? Mm. And uh, I just have a feeling that given, uh, you know, Pope Francis's sort of um, development as an Argentine, right? And I'm sure, you know, there's no knock against Argentine culture. And, you know, I don't know much about it, but I'm sure it's a beautiful culture and wonderful people. Um, but there is a... Uh, you know, when someone rails against the Anglo-Saxon right threat to the world, right, that's got to strike a chord 
with uh, Argentine. an Argentine who you know came up who was deeply influenced by Argentine populism and the Falkland um, uh, the Falkland War and the know. Falkland War right absolutely <laughs> right so um, anyway just wanted to say right there is kind of a coherence there um, you know in terms of just what what triggers someone given their you know their political upbringing right. we all have things that trigger us a bit right yeah. given given where we're uh, you know where we came from one of the things that pope francis said there was you know that that nato had had kind of uh provoked this and um talk about a you know uh, an ignorant statement is that first of all 22 years ago putin was offered a seat at, at the table of nato you know for russia to to uh consider joining mm -hmm. and uh my reading on the issue uh is that uh, russia uh step back a little bit so the, the 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 invitation was made from based on my reading of it and i i my information might be wrong but it might be right um but the other thing is is that if there even if nato ceased to exist if there were no nato mm -hmm. if there were no eu russia would still be attacking ukraine because it is an expansionist imperial power mm -hmm. that needs a warm water port it needs a uh, fertile plain, and Ukraine has both of those. Um, and uh, that's simply the fact of the matter. Those who know history know that this is part of a centuries-long expansionist ideology uh, coming out of Moscow. Well, it's even more than that. I mean, the one thing that you have to give Putin's Russia uh, at least a at least acknowledgement that, uh, of what they do get is they get the value of history, uh, the value of history in the uh, question of civilization, right? And how that's important. Now, they grossly misuse it. Um, they, they are incredibly deceitful and revisionistic mm -hmm. about, their, about their civilizational history. Right. But they do understand that that, that matters and that's something that i think um you know certainly uh you know left of centers but also even i i think to a certain extent sort of establishment right of center conservative americans i think uh we've 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 we kind of lose sight of that right we lose sight of of the significance of historical roots of the fact that you know um a a religious culture matters that continuity matters right and so the why i bring this up is you know ukraine manifests all of that for for russia i mean obviously kiev is mm -hmm. is the mother city um and it's the it's the holy city of of eastern Euro, you know eastern slavic orthodoxy yes that, that's where it all began yep so it's important to have that. It is. You, you touched on something about when you spoke about deception um, and uh, the, the illusions that, that they follow. Um, and the, 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 the thing comes back to this is that Mr. Putin and those in his orbit, I, I believe they are uh, acting uh, according to their convictions. Um, and those convictions are based upon a system of education which was rooted in uh, illusory fables and in deception. 
uh, illusory fame. I'm speaking about the, the Soviet educational system and uh, the revisionist history that children were, were fed, uh, not just children, from you know, the time you're in the, uh, the uh, um, uh, from kindergarten all the way through university. These were state-controlled institutions who uh, frequently uh, uh, removed from those timelines and those textbooks uh, people, dates, and events uh, to fit uh, a Marxist narrative. Um, and, uh, you know, going along with that was a, um, a Slavophile view of history, a Russophile view of history, um, and an atheistic view of, of, of world history. Um, and men grew up on that. Mm -hmm. And they, just because the Soviet Union collapsed, we ought not to think that those lies were expunged from the cortex of their minds overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, those lies endure and uh, exist. And those lies are now uh, commanding the minds of people in, in positions of great power. Uh, so it's, a, it's a, a warning to us that if we raise our children with lies, then they will die for those lies. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the goal is not to, to live by lies, but, but to uh, ultimately is to, to die for truth. Live not by lies. Thank you very much, Rod Dreher. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, I mean, it's a warning to us. Like today, we, we see the horror of a of a of a of a Vladimir Putin, and we see what 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 he did. You see the the, the bombing of the miss the bombing of the uh, market in uh, Kremenchuk. Kremenchuk yesterday. Uh, what, what a hero of a man! What a great Christian! What a great you know uh, Katakon, as Archbishop Vigano will call you know. What, what a great defender Clearly of Christianity. Clearly, a defensive war. Yeah, when that, you, that, that you, you have to go after women. And children. Yeah, and you send shopping. missiles into their supermarket Grocery when shopping. they're shopping for, for food. Yeah, what, what a uh, great defender of Christian civilization. It's absolutely uh, astounding that people would say that. Um, I'm being facetious, of course, uh, regarding uh, calling him a hero. But By the way, Kremenchuk, folks, this isn't collateral. Kremenchuk is in right along the banks in central Ukraine in Poltava. Um, and this is hundreds of kilometers away from the front line. So this wasn't yeah. just, oh, sorry, it's collateral. This was of no strategic importance other than the fact that if your goal is to terrorize and to, to viciously break the will of a people, we're not talking about the military. So right, this anyway, is, sorry. Yeah, it's, it, it just, no, it is a brazen act of a terrorist state, and that's right. what Russia has devolved into. It's on the same level as North Korea. Oh, it, absolutely! It, it is it is this it is the same as North Korea. It's a pariah state, has a much greater footprint on world geography. Um, but uh, uh, anyhow, re regarding the living by lies, is that you know you you raise children believing lies? These this revisionist view of history that you know Vladimir Putin and others in Russia were raised upon. Um, they go out and they they assume positions of power where they make decisions based upon uh, lies. You know that there is no Ukraine. You know that's, that's an old Soviet era that uh, lie that you know the, the, there's just really one you know one one group of, of people. The uh, um, and uh, these other groups have to be uh, subjugated. Um, you look at look at the Holodomor of thirty two thirty three, uh, but it's a lesson to us here today because if we raise our children with lies. You know that there are 18 genders, or that they can, you know, take puberty blockers. There will be no no long term effects, and all these things. Uh, be careful what you teach your children, because they're going to live by lies, and their children as well. So uh, save yourself uh, the future wars, 
and just teach them the truth today. And that's, that's based right, right from Scripture and tradition that we receive from the apostles, from Jesus Christ himself. Amen. I was going to say something, Father, but I think you had the, uh, the last words of the day, so I'll let it be at that. That being said, however, live not by lies and live according to the truth, I think, is very consonant with the name of our podcast, Martirio, which is a witnessing, a testimony to uh, that which is the truth of life, which f- for those of us who are Christians and followers of Jesus Christ, it means the foremost truth that God became man. God took on a human flesh and uh, went to Calvary and through his paschal mystery, his glorious and triumphant resurrection, we too have life in his spirit. And also on that, uh, most importantly, we are a day off. So happy belated feast of the modern martyrs of Ukraine. These were 26 martyrs beatified by John Paul II uh, back in 2001. And these were martyrs uh, for the unity of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church Uh, rather than give up their faith in their unity as Byzantine Catholics in union with the See of Peter uh, in Ukraine. This would have been in 1946 uh, through the rest of the Stalin period. Uh, They met torture, imprisonment, and death. Um, Of course, there were 26 that were beatified, but there are thousands and thousands more who gave their life. Uh, for the Lord, but also for his church. In particular, that was actually the real reason why they were, uh, they were martyred. Um, and so we ask for their intercession, uh, but we also want to give testimony to them because I think in the Catholic world, this is, especially in these times, um, you know, uh, this is a reality that uh, y- Ukraine has... Um, a, a real wonderful spiritual legacy to it that unfortunately is far too little known. Um, but we do need those saints right now, not only for Ukraine, but for our church in the world now. So we ask for their prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we beg and implore you through the powerful prayers of the new martyrs of Ukraine, especially blessed Nicholas Charnetsky and Blessed Emilian Kovch, that you would enlighten the lands of the world who do not yet know the truth of your son's gospel, and that through their intercessory prayer, those same lands may give birth to a generation of witnesses such as the world has never seen. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Holy martyrs of Ukraine, pray, pray for, for us. us. Holy Mother of God, Queen of martyrs, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to being with you again. God bless you. Glory to Jesus Christ. This is Martirio Podcast, signing off. Have a great day.